This is Pete Moore on Halo Talks NYC. I have the pleasure of bringing in the founder of 305 Fitness. We are on audio, but we are dancing like no one's watching. Sadie, welcome to Halo Talks, finally. (laughs) I'm so happy to be here. That was an incredible intro. No problem. No problem. I didn't practice as much as I wanted to last night, but that's the best it's going to get to start. So look, you've uh, you've made it through the pandemic. You've shifted your business model, ebbed and flowed, coming out the other side stronger and sweatier than you were before. So give us a little background on why you got into this industry originally. Uh, we'll talk about what you built and where it's going. Yeah, thanks so much. Well, 305 Fitness is a dance cardio workout with the live DJ. Started it in 2012. I was teaching classes, kind of these Zumba-like classes on my college uh, campus. And, you know, I was a talented instructor and I could fill the room and I could count the body's room. And I knew that I was bringing the gym all this money. So I thought to myself, why not? You know, I don't have equipment here. Why not rent a space and teach it myself? So very just simple asset light model, you know, began with a lot of hustle. I was teaching out of rented dance studio space, a weird bodybuilding gym until we built this following and then opened the first studio in 2014. The next few studios, we have seven studios in total now across Boston, DC, and New York, and got really interested in how to scale 305 beyond the four walls in 2019 when we started our instructor certification program. So that's basically a business model. We're taking a page out of Zumba's playbook or CrossFit's playbook. It's a train the trainer model, super lightweight franchise. And that is the business that in the time of the pandemic, when all of our seven studios were closed, that we decided to really push forward that and our, and our digital streaming, like many boutiques did. Yeah, that that's awesome. So when you first started your first studio, um, did you feel like you were doing research and saying, Hey, there's a space for me. If you kind of stack up all the brands or did you say, look, I've got personal experience. I know what I'm good at, you know, whatever data or research you're going to show me, I've got something here. There's special sauce and you know, there's more than you think. Yeah. I mean, I I think 305, the white space, it comes from both gut and data, of course. I mean, Mm -hmm. I knew that we were onto something because the classes were all selling out with wait lists and marketing expenses were zero and and retention was really good. So I knew all of those things before we decided to open the first location, but also the gut instinct at the time when I started 305, I mean, I was 21 years old. I'm a female. I'm very in the demographic um, of the next generation, basically of consumers and, and the people who are making consumer and healthcare decisions we know are women. So it just didn't really feel like there were a lot of brands that were serving people like me. And I wanted right. to create something just from my gut that I knew would exist. I think the other thing that really gave me, you know, other than just knowing that, that the kind of new consumer and the new woman isn't sold on an aspiration of exclusivity and thin at all costs and performance and leaderboards, She sold on the aspiration of inclusivity and confidence and owning her truth and feeling like there's a place to love her body. So that that's very much the aspiration or the the cultural white space that we occupy is something that's inclusive, not exclusive. But I think that the other thing that just gave me a lot of conviction and continues through all of the challenges continues to be the, the fact that I point back to is the IP. It's the actual format. There's so many fitness formats that they're not really a format, they're a brand, right? So it's like, well, we do spinning, but we do it with the lights on. 
you know, right. or like we do right. it with, you know, the instructors wear, wear orange shirts where we are and like all, all of that is cosmetic. But at the core of 305, we have IP, we have a 45 minute format that makes a lot of sense. And it's the only format I've ever seen that actually takes dance, which is so variable. It's not like, you know, rowing, boxing, cycling, running. There's a couple of ways you can do those things forward, backward, side to side dancing. There's gotta be, and there's endless permutation and innovation in this category. And so most dance classes, it's just memorized choreography. And what I did at 305 was I created a format that is basically creating a language around dance. That's where the train, the trainer model came from, but at at its core, it was, wow, we're onto something here product wise that no one else is doing well in fitness in terms of dance. We just really serve it so well. So, you know, for, for the listeners here that are working on new programs or, you know, have something inside their club that they're trying to scale out to, to, to other clubs or studios, you know, how much time did you put in to really nailing the experience and nailing the format? Because I feel as if a lot of companies try to grow really fast and, and then they try and kind of fix the programming to make it scalable. So maybe give us like your entrepreneurial hat on of take the time to do it right, uh, document it properly, and then make it so you are personally scalable. Yeah. I mean, in fitness, it's, I think it's all about the format. If not, then you got to go out and raise a lot of money. So you can just acquire customers off of a brand or you stay small, you know, and you have your local approach, which is fine. So the, the other levers to, to scale, like one of them is the actual product, right. And, and a winning product at the end of the day is what wins. It just has to be. So, um, the time that I took to develop the actual class, yes, it was years. I mean, years of both being in a low pressure, you know, me just teaching on college campus, trying this, trying that probably over thousands of classes, literally of just testing different things. Um, and also interestingly at 305, it really came from collaborating with a DJ because mm-hmm. the whole class is music centered. So it's really not about, oh, I, I made these 50 dances. I want people to learn these 50 dances. That's my format. No, it's actually about counts of eight and how often you change a move and what the beats per minute are. That's what leads to this constant innovation and this constant spontaneity you feel in a 305 class is that it gets to be a hundred percent music driven and music centered. So it was, it was very much the formats rooted in, in a musical principles, I guess you could say, as mm-hmm. well as a movement vocabulary that we train our trainers in. And yeah, all of that, like the stuff behind the curtain that you don't see in the class that took from just so many years of experimenting me as a soul teacher until I found a format that made sense. And then I had the challenge of, okay, how do you teach people how to do this? Right. This thing right. that feels so spontaneous and natural. So yeah. that was, that was always the goal. Cause I always loved teaching people. I wanted to see other artists and dancers be able to go out and and do this incredibly empowering thing. That's awesome. Yeah. One thing that definitely resonates from people that have taken the class, um, who are avid users that I know, as well as, you know, what kind of oozes out of your website and some of your YouTube videos, you, you really have created a special culture. Uh, and it seems like there's not a lot of egos involved that everyone kind of feels part of, a mission or a movement, if you will. Um, so how have you kind of been able to balance getting the best instructors, but also having them, you know, operate under 305 and not necessarily be
be overly about their personal brand, which a lot of studios seem to have, you know, for better or for worse, it just kind of evolves that way. Well, I think that again, it, it in part does come back to the format. So an example of what you're talking about is, you know, in, in the return from the pandemic, a lot of instructors deciding, do I want to come back? Do I not want to? Maybe I started my own virtual thing. We have over 90% of our staff returning to our studios after 14 months of being furloughed. You know, most studios, I think it's something between like a quarter and half with a lot of locations shut down. We don't have that. Um, there really is a true loyalty to 305. And I think that a lot of studios do that just through stuffing, you know, cash in people's mailboxes or guilting them or putting up non-competes that don't hold, you know. And again, what does it come back to? The format. If you don't have something that's ownable IP, you're asking an instructor to create the playlist, create all the movements, show up and teach the class. Okay, so you're giving them marketing support and you're giving them basically the business tools so they can show up and do their thing. But when you teach 305, we're letting you into this world of how we do things. This is not like, again, it's an ownable format. So you're teaching 305, you're teaching 305. You're not, it doesn't feel like you're teaching a dance cardio class by ex instructor. So in some ways, I think just the incentives are more aligned because it's kind of, I don't know. I don't know what the equivalent is. It would, you know, I don't know. It'd be like working. I don't, I don't really know. It's just the format really is front and center. The DJs control so much of the experience. I haven't seen any instructors we've ever had who have left, who have started a dance cardio competitor. Again, we just do dance really well. And then, like you said, there's just the culture of listening to people, of wanting me, you know, wanting people to know that they are taken care of in our community. We do the very best we can. We have transparent leadership. I'm always working on myself in a very open and authentic way. No one thinks that I'm perfect and I own my mistakes pretty, pretty openly. So I think that, yeah, it's culture uh, and what we've built, but more importantly, I really think that it's the format. I think that's why instructors show up. It's because I love this format. I love teaching this format. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's definitely a yearning for people to have an experience that's the equivalent of going to a nightclub or, or a dance club without having to uh, buy the bottle of Grey Goose or, or stand in front of a, a, a velvet rope. You know, a, as you've looked at your business model and have talked to investors in the past, I've looked at a number of studio concepts where they've moved from a, a DJ to, you know, a curated playlist, either something that is from corporate on down or they create their own playlist, which, which, you know, has its level of, you know, personal ownership of the instructor, but, you know, maybe sometimes they go, go along their own route and it kind of deviates from the programming side of it. So what, you know, how steadfast have you been about it? There's a DJ in every class. This is the experience. I'm not going to change that uh, because I could save X number of dollars by not having a, a human there. And I could just use a, you know, a, you know, iTunes. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is the class. So we've been steadfast in the commitment because it is the class instructor shows up. Instructor doesn't know what music is going to be played. That's the beauty Mm. of 305. That's why our customers are sticking around four or five years later because it really doesn't feel like you've got the same old playlist. So that's what, yeah, the music is just so important to the format. It is the format. So we have the instructor gets to kind of show up and perform in some ways and just connect. Yeah. Actually without, you, you know, you always say that take the best people and put them uh, with their strengths and don't put any other obstacles around what they need to do with that experience. Kind of a, uh, you know, a pilot of a, 
of a uh, jet blue flight, you know, also isn't walking the aisles or isn't giving, uh, you know, the safety tips and so on and so forth. And there's someone else responsible for that. So I think there's something to be said for having people stay in their lanes and being experts at what they do and not having to scramble about the anxiety related to what's my playlist. Am I on, am I on beat? You know, am I plugging in the iPad? Did I forget my Mac at home? Um, so I think that's interesting about how you set up the business model kind of in parallel with like two experts, both having the entertainment value in, inside the class. Exactly. Yeah. And then you brought on some interesting strategic investors. You want to talk a little bit about how that came to be? Yeah. So through the years, we've been so lucky. We've gotten the support from some incredible angel investors. Um, a lot of them founders in the fitness space have had huge exits. So it's just really remarkable to have their support. We've also gotten the support of some angel investors in Hollywood and media spaces who just have a great sense for where trends are going and have been able to open many doors for us. Um, recently, we raised some capital and brought on a couple more institutional investors, which was nice, you know, just to have the capital to be able to expand. And now we're raising more money so that we can expand the instructor certification program that kind of train the trainer model and scale what is this beautiful thing that just totally works in a couple of key markets on the consumer side, be able to scale it through people all around the world. So I'm, I'm really excited for that next chapter of growth. We have a thousand instructors right now, and we're gunning for 25,000 in the next three years. That That's amazing. So talk, talk to us about you being an entrepreneur, uh, March 17th, 2020, you know, how you mobilized and, and really pivoted hard into the digital side. Yeah. So, uh, let's see, pandemic is like hits New York or there's, you know, murmurs of it in late February. Um, and everyone was in denial and, you know, uh, that was pretty much it. I mean, my COO turned to me and he was like, this is serious, you know, like showed me a clip of what was happening around the world. And I was like, oh, got it. This is serious. Um, it didn't, I don't know. I mean, I think people were just kicking and screaming. And I think that when it comes to business and unknown, unfortunately, a lot of people don't always act with a lot of integrity. You know, they they'll, they'll wait till someone else makes the leap. So we were literally the first, I think it was like March 12th that we sent an email saying we're closed and it's just the right thing to do. And everybody go home. Um, not knowing that landlords would work with us, not knowing if it was going to be two weeks or two years. Uh, and not knowing really how we were going to pull off just saying we're closed. We mm -hmm. really, we made the leap in what felt like months before anyone else. Cause at that time, years were a days felt like years, but yeah, um, sure. yeah, just took, showed a lot of integrity from the start, moved everyone online to YouTube. Again, the plan wasn't monetized. The plan was just like, keep people safe, do the right thing, you know, take a stand, still give people an emotional outlet. This time is going to be hard. Real leadership is needed. And we just built this incredible community on YouTube, truly by accident, where we were, we were doing these live classes throughout the entire summer of the pandemic, that insane summer, you know, when we thought mm -hmm. takeout was going to poison us. It's like so <laughs> needed. And we literally would have like a thousand people tune in every day. You'd have people tuning in from around the world who would, you know, be like, oh, I'm just sitting here eating dinner, but I'm watching you because you're so positive and it's amazing. And mm -hmm. that, you know, just showed me like the value of 305. It's just, it brings people in. It makes people feel seen. It's just, it's a happy place. It's a Disney world for people. So we built that um, all for free, just gave back to the community to not worry about the money. We just said, we have to do the right thing. And we're going to build this audience and the pandemic will be over. So let's just 
keep cash, you know, as on the low end as possible, but not try and make any fast moves. And then in the background, we worked on a virtual platform that we could feel really proud of with a lot of really good content um, that's filmed in our studios. And, you know, we just, we, we took some time to get it right. So we launched that platform in September. It's $29 a month. It's 305 at home. And that's been awesome. We have, you know, mm-hmm. well over a couple thousand subscribers on that platform. Retention is strong, especially for a product where we don't have that hardware component to lock people in. And it's awesome because it's affordable and it's easy and, you know, you can take it on the go and you can still access 305 from anywhere through this unexpected virtual channel that we launched. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Congratulations on, on on putting that together and the success. You know, as you look at probably, you know, the the leader that kind of created part of this teacher training space and and distributed networks, if you will, to take, you know, more of a strategic business school term. Um, you know, Zumba's obviously had a lot of success worldwide. So as you look at 305 and you say, look, I could get to where they are at some point, but I'm gonna do this at my own pace. And I'm going to bring in capital to kind of hit each one of the milestones. You seem very deliberate in consuming capital, using it properly, building it, then going out and being methodical about it. How do you maybe kind of talk a little bit about that? You know, what your comfort zone is for the entrepreneurs out there who are, you know, building their business and not trying to, you know, take in rounds that maybe more than a company can take on and and add that layers in, you know, added pressure to perform or to grow at a pace that just might not feel natural to you. Yeah. I mean, I've certainly never had the experience of being so overcapitalized that we like burn through money. I've always had the opposite experience where we like have to, you know, prove something with very, very, very little, um, especially the boutique fitness space, you know, like operating a boutique fitness studio concept in major markets from 2017 to 2019 was just about like the hardest business challenge of all time. Just so much competitive pressure, so expensive to operate, you know, so, um, have been forced to, uh, take in capital and be able to do exactly what we said we were going to do with it and then get to the next milestone. There's obviously positives to that. I think one of the positives were, you know, had we taken in a ton of capital and with our studio business without the vision for certification, we probably would have opened like 50 to hundred of these and realized that some of them were bad bets. And mm-hmm. we know some players where, where that shook up like that. Um, right now we're in the phase where we're trying to grow just our instructor certification program. So we're saying 305 is this huge consumer brand. It can be bigger than Zumba. Zumba has 15 million people that take a Zumba class every week. And hundreds of thousands of certified instructors, we're saying we can be the biggest fitness player out there with a number like that, 15 million consumers weekly. Wow. How are we Mm going to do that? We're going to do that through studios and major markets. We're going to do that through a virtual offering. And most importantly, we're going to do it through this distributed network of certified instructors. We're going to do it differently, you know, in a more modern way than Zumba has, because we're going to enable our instructors with technology and all of the things that it really takes to be a fitness instructor in 2020 and beyond. It's a lot different than what it was if you were taking a Zumba training in 2004 or whatever it was. So we're modernizing it. We're tech enabling it. We're really building just the most valuable network. So this, this young dancer, you know, this mom, whoever it is who wants to get certified can feel confident that she can really unlock the full potential and the full money in her community that's waiting for her when it comes to fun and empowering group fitness. 
Um, so I, I'm just excited for 305 to be everywhere. I really think it could be just a massive brand in fitness and in wellness. Like I said, it occupies this huge white space, which is no shame, no competition. It's not exclusive. It's not about metrics. It's about fun and right. confidence and who in the world doesn't want that right now. So I believe the market size is so tremendous for this brand, but to answer your question about capital, rather than build, you know, raising a hundred million dollars to execute on that vision, we're just focused right now on growing the network part, the certified instructor part. We're going to grow that. And then we're probably going to grow, you know, other revenue streams after that, or build more to support the network. So it is still building step-by-step step to this bigger vision. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that, that has been ingrained in me over the last year is for a bricks and mortar location to be attractive, I've kind of raised the bar on what is an acceptable potential return because of the amount of work that goes into it, because of the lease that you have to sign, potentially a corporate or a personal guarantee on that lease, hiring people versus the digital where you know you're basically taking 25 to 50 percent of your cost structure you know, out of that experience each time. So have you kind of recalibrated, you know, I'm only going to open up studios that I think are going to be amazing because I'd rather put my money in digital. If I don't find the spot, I'm going to wait for the best spot or I'm not going to do a studio. Yeah. I, I think the truth is that if you build a studio in uh, Tallahassee, it's not that much cheaper than building one in DC at the end of the day, but the potential is much greater in a dense market where your people are. Right. Uh, the price point's also different. So the studio business works really well when I think it's in the right neighborhood, the right location with people who want to spend 20 to $30. I don't think it works so well when you start to try and grow it to 300 or 400. I do think that there are some brands that are I don't know. I guess the kinds of things that you, that, that just speak to a super broad audience, like orange theory, you know, I can mm -hmm. see how that just has appeal to everyone in a way that 305 is going to be a little bit more uh, specific for who it's targeting for the studios. Um, and I think that what's interesting is, yeah, certification can exist in basically everywhere else because it's the low capital way to expand. So it's still getting 305 out there live, real. I believe that that community is important. It's just saying that only some markets are going to support a $30 price point with a live DJ. And then other yeah. markets will support a $7 class. And that's a great place to, to have some certified instructors. Right. Uh, well, the average orange theory, the dollars per door opening. So the, the uh, member per class is about $19.50 per visit is the metric. So I actually take that metric and apply it to other businesses. And if they're not getting to that metric, then it's probably not a great business model. And there's probably enough, not enough revenue being generated on a, a per month basis to, to, to make a franchisee or a corporate owner like yourself um, excited about, you know, the, the time, effort, energy to, to make that work. Mm -hmm. Uh, so that's, that's what I've seen. So, you know, in closing here, you know, one, you have 305 fitness, where is this, uh, what, what's the genesis of the, uh, of the brand? Well, it's named after Miami's area code, which is where I'm from. And the idea is that we're taking all the fun elements of Miami that are, you know, the DJ, the partying, the diversity, the sweat, the sex, the fierceness, but we are creating our own little Miami a place where women aren't objectified constantly, 
where we're not asked to dance for the pleasure of other people. It's really just for us Mm -hmm. and where body standards and body issue, you know, body image is not um, held up as, as the number most important thing in the world. Like it was for me growing up in Miami. So it's a bit of a subversive kind of celebration of Miami, but also saying, you know, we deserve better as women. Right. So all the, all the good things about South Beach without the, the negativity that comes with exactly spending time there. Uh, so do you have any good quotes that you live by or that you've come across uh, with, to build our quote library? Um, yeah, my life motto is nobody cares. I don't know if anyone's taken that one yet, but no, um, nobody cares. You know, everyone is living their own story, their own life. And at the end of the day, you can just spend the whole time worrying what other people think. Nobody cares. Just live your life. Nobody cares at the end of the day. I love that. That's great. Well, you've done a great job building the brand. Really uh, impressed with with how you've thought about methodically going into the digital and going into the teacher training, uh, looking at other companies and what they've done right and what they've done wrong. And, um, you know, excited to hear about your your future raise and um, proliferation of 305. So, for people to get in touch with Sadie, we'll have all the information in the show notes. Uh, if you're interested in uh, potentially investing, uh, we'll get you in contact with her directly and uh, keep doing great things. Thank you so much. It was so much fun to be on. Awesome. All right. We will uh, see you in New York soon. And uh, you will see me in one of your classes, probably in the back, but I'll be okay. noticeable. Can't wait. Awesome. Yes. I want to thank my friends at Burn B-R-R-R-N for sponsoring this podcast. They are the innovative company behind the world-renowned Burn Board. Many of you don't know, I was one of the top roller hockey players in all of Nassau County back in 1988 to 1990. If I had a Burn Board, watch out, I would probably be an NHL legend. Got a seven-day free trial on their on-demand library of hundreds of workouts. $30 off the purchase. Check it out at shop.theburn.com. We'll have it in the show notes. Use the checkout code HALO and go burn it on the burn board. Ice hockey in your living room at home fitness. Low cost, low tech, low impact. Go Halo, burn it up.